Welcome to Going Inward. I am your host, Joe Vega. In this podcast, we celebrate the brave and courageous souls that have made the tough journey in search of their most authentic self. Through hard work and sacrifice, our guests have tapped into their true purpose in life, and they're here to drop words of wisdom to assist our listeners in developing a greater connection to themselves. We will chop it up about our spiritual journeys, psychedelics, astral projections, channeling, healing trauma, esoteric history, mental health, fitness, nutrition, and entrepreneurship. Make sure to subscribe and listen to every episode. You can find me on Instagram at GoWinJoeVega. Drop a comment or a question and I'll get back to you soon. Peace. Welcome to Going Inward. My name is Joe Vega. So this is a personal, personal episode for me today. It's just going to be me today. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to give you guys some insight into my psychedelic experiences. Okay, so my journeys, I hold them dear to my heart. Uh, They are with what has helped me in the past three plus years of my progression into basically uh, myself, learning a lot more about myself, helping myself with many issues that I've dealt with or things that I didn't even know I was dealing with for the majority of my life, okay? Um, it's important to understand that that there's a lot of stuff that people are dealing with that just because they put on a facade, they put on a different face, just because you think that they're strong, uh, just because you see their Facebook or Instagram posts and, you know, they talk about how well they're doing. Uh, there's generally, I would say the consensus is that a lot of those people, they, you know, majority of us have our dark issues, our dark secrets that we choose to refrain from telling people just to just to continue with this facade, you know, um, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself, you know, and, and for the most of my most of my life. Um, you know, I, I've basically been that really smart kid that was very ambitious, that, you know, I never had a problem with the ladies, always playing a sport, always physically fit, um, always demonstrated some success with business. And there's just no way that I could have the issues that I, I realized I had. So, you know, when when you realize that you have these issues, you could do one of two things. One is you can continue with the charade, right? And you can continue to uh, neglect the aspects of self that that are missing from you, from your diet, right? Um, or you could, you could do whatever it is that you need to do to change your situation, you know? Um, so for me, I was blessed enough to have a really good friend of mine who decided to become a shaman. So... You know, the 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 ability for me to have access to to these 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 uh, psychedelics, um, you know, it, it was it was it was easier for me to get a hold of this stuff because of this this connection that I have. So when it came time to go through my journey, you know, I started out with ayahuasca 
And, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes, there's a lot of stigmas around ayahuasca. And, you know, a lot of people think it's very dangerous. Most people have problems with the whole purging element to it. Most people are afraid to throw up. Most people are afraid to give in, to surrender. Okay. Um, I hear that a lot. You know, we have a lot of control freaks out there. I was I was one of them myself. You know, I I I was, you know, I needed to be in control of everything. I was very type A, very OCD, and that was how I managed everything. So to go on this experience meant that you were going to have to sacrifice. Okay, we're gonna have to sacrifice not just you know, uh, uh, the foods that, that, you know, there's obviously foods that you have to eat and foods that you have to avoid eating when you're on your dieta, which is the diet that leads up to the whole ayahuasca journey, you know, but there's a sac, there's more sacrifices that go into it, you know, and, and the biggest sacrifice is relenting control, is understanding that, the sacrament that you have within you, okay, once it enters you, that it's in your best interest that if you want to change, that you you adhere to and submit to or surrender, whatever word that you choose, okay, to describe uh, this relenting of control, okay? Um, you really have to give it its chance to do what it has to do in order to help you, help elevate you out of the the doldrums, out of the abyss, okay? And that's where I felt like I was for a long time. I was in this very dark place. You know, my relationship uh, with my wife and, and my son was, was suffering and my business was stagnant and I was in a really dark place. So my what I got from my ayahuasca experience was a brief introduction into who I really am, okay, and the abilities that I've been blessed with. One thing it's important to understand is, is that we all come into this world with blessings and gifts. It is only through the programming of our society, through the brainwashing, where we begin to develop these layers of facade on top of these blessings and these gifts, okay? So it really isn't about, you know, the, the same way we think about going to the gym and working out, or oh, if, I, if I work this muscle hard enough, it's going to grow and it's going to be beautiful, okay? That, that's the opposite of spirituality, the opposite of self, the opposite of gifts, so we come into this world perfect spiritual beings, okay? And then again, over time, in order to, to find our place in society, in order to not rub anybody the wrong way, you know, in order to really be a part of, of, a, of a community, it's important to, to some degree to erase some of those thought processes, okay? And, you know, a lot of people that, they're in religious communities, they're, whether you're Christian, whether you're Jewish, okay, everything is externalized, okay? Um, so, you know, when we talk about that experience, there's not a lot, of, a lot of diving inward, 
in those situations, okay? Because it's all about God and, and how does God feel and what does God think, all right? It's all about the, the texts, the, the uh, you know, the different spiritual texts, the religious texts, okay? So, you know, tr- fast forwarding through that ayahuasca experience, I gained greater insight of self, okay? I came, when I took the ayahuasca and I finally uh, relented on my control because, you know, it was very difficult for me early on to to submit to the goddess ayahuasca. Uh, once I finally made that decision, she she went to work, okay? And, and she she went to work and she began to show me all all of that darkness that was inside of me, what that really was, okay? And at the same time, she introduced me to all of my divine gods, my, my guides, excuse me, okay? And I, everyone's surrounded by their guides and they're helping, you know, some people call them angels, uh, some people call them guides, uh, helpers, whatever that may be. But there's always these energies that are around you and they're constantly trying to help uh, keep you keep you going in, in a nice straight path. They're trying to keep you safe. Okay. And the better your relationship is with your guides, the greater your outlook is and the greater your your possible uh, connection will be to yourself and the safer you will be. Okay. And we'll get into that more. Um, but again, back to the ayahuasca, one of the great images that I had was an image of after of, of ascending upward, okay, through these geometric shapes, through the uh, different different color palettes, beautiful purples, blues, uh, greens, right, all the way up, I felt like I was ascending, I was almost like I was in a, a, a spacecraft of some sort. And I worked my way all the way up to the top uh, summit of where I needed to be. And as I got to that floor, that that landing, it felt like I was I was on a landing. Um, I was I was uh, I was face to face with a handful of these beings, these energies, uh, and I was startled. But at the same time, I I noticed that I had this overwhelming sense of love this overwhelming sense of love that I had never experienced before in my life, you know, and, and even though I was down on my luck, you know, I had my mother and my father, I've always had love in my life. Okay. So it's not that I was someone who never experienced love. I know what love is. Okay. And I will tell you that upon meeting these energies, these, these individuals, aliens, whatever you want to call them, they expressed a love for me that I had never felt in my entire life, okay? It was greater than anything. So much so that my body began to go in different uh, uh, positions, okay? Because there was a heaviness to it that I had never experienced, okay? Um, And it was was beautiful. It was blissful. And when when, when these individuals greeted me, they greeted me immediately with happiness and one of them came to me and said congratulations we are so happy that you made it okay 
Those were that individual's words. They were happy that I made it. And I had no idea what that meant at that time. And I do now. Um, but upon their greeting me, they began to take me on a tour of, of wherever it is that they were. And one of them pulled me over to the side. And this individual was, you know, for lack of a better word, had to be like the leader of the group. Right. This was the leader. And they pulled me over to the side and they pulled me to a corner and over a great distance, they pointed to this wall. And when I looked at the wall, I noticed that within the wall, there were these very, very small, what appeared to be small because it was such a great distance, these bright lights, almost like these bright little orbs. Okay, and scattered as far as the eye can see across this wall were these sparkling orbs. Right. So it's almost like a star, like a planet, um, you know, and it was beautiful, but it was as far as my eyes could see. And I looked to the guy and telepathically speaking, because, you know, you're not really using talking with words. That's a completely different style of communication. You know, I I ask telepathically, what is this? Like, what are we looking at? And the energy points to the wall and says, this is where we start and this is where we finish. And immediately I knew what he meant before, you know, I didn't have, he didn't have to explain anything. And I knew that what he meant right then and there was, this is where we come from This is where our souls reside. This is a wall of souls where before our soul joins the body of a baby, this is where it resides. After you die and your your soul departs from your body, it comes back here for healing. Okay. And it was fantastic. It It was a beautiful experience. So I walk back. We walk away from there. We walk for a little bit further. He's he's mentioning something to me. And then all of a sudden, I look up to the left side. I look to my left. And there was this demon. This was, there was this skeletal, skeletal-looking demon that was growling and staring at me. And it was hideous. Right? And as soon as I saw that, that demon, my body, I shot right back down to my body as quickly as I came up was as quickly as I went right back down and as soon as I re-entered my body I basically did a a somersault off of the couch I was laying on and began what was the most intense purging that I have ever experienced in my life where I felt almost everything from inside my gut that was dark and was negative was getting pulled out to the surface and I was heaving, I was gagging, it was very violent, it was visceral, disgusting, okay? And this is in the, the pure, I mean, I don't want to say it's darkness, there was lots of candles, but it, it, it definitely startled the people that were around me, you know? And it was very violent, and it felt like it was going on for a long time, and then it stopped, it stopped 
and it was just quiet and I was just uh, uh, hyperventilating. You know, nice deep breathing. Then I feel the shaman come over to me, my good friend. He put his hands on my shoulder. As soon as he put his hand, I knew it was his right hand. He put his right hand on my shoulder and I got this massive chill, this massive shock wave that just went right through my body. And, you know, what, what, I, what I felt in that moment for the first time was reborn. You know, a lot of people talk about being, you know, born again this, born again that. And I'll tell you, I had never experienced a greater moment of bliss, of pure lightness and weightlessness than I did in that one moment. As he put his hand on me, I could actually feel the love from him going through his hand and into my body. And the the reverberation, right? The vibrations. I can feel it. It was like a wave. And I knew it. And it just added to to the feeling that I had. And I real I was on my knees. I was I was leaned back up upon the couch. Wasn't even sitting on the couch. I'm still on the floor. And I really could have stood there in that position, feeling the way I was feeling in that moment for the rest of my life. And it would have been a wonderful life. Okay, I wish I could bottle up that feeling. Okay, whenever I hear somebody speak about ayahuasca and how violent it could be, I would love to be able to pull that bottle out, open that up and to show them, listen, if you go through it, there's a very good chance that you're going to experience this. Okay, what we fail to realize is that there is no light without darkness, okay? Not to be overly philosophical, but the same way when we go to the gym and we do our workouts, it's really important for us to understand that we can't get the body that we want unless we put in the work, okay? And I think that this scares a lot of people. When we talk about psychedelics, people think about uh, recreational drugs. I just want to do things. I just want to take some drugs to make me forget about my miserable life. Okay. Um, that, might, that might sound a bit aggressive, but that's at the root of it. I want to forget. I want to not feel what I've been feeling. Or the opposite. I want to feel something because I, I, I just, I, people walk around and, and they're like zombies. They don't feel shit. Okay, they've been they've been told to not feel things for a majority of my life. I've been told that I'm not allowed to be sad. Okay, and that's why I had one of the reasons why I had anger issues because it's actually looked you actually people look up to you when you're when you're the angry guy who's always getting into fights, who's always defending other people. Right? Like that's the guy that I want in my crew because he's going to help defend me if there's and you know anybody trying to fuck with us right and that was my my job i was the enforcer but what did that do for me i can i, I can either only be angry or happy that was it i was only limited to those two options in terms of my emotions so for those situations that's fine but what about every other situation what about when you're dealing with with 
your significant others. Okay, how you connect with a woman as a man if you're unable to get yourself to any other emotion other than anger or happiness. You can't be happy all the time. So if we're not going to be happy, that just means that we're going to be angry, that we're going to yell, right? And that created so many difficulties for me in my relationship. But there's so many men out there, so many people, and women too, that feel like they're only allowed those two emotions, okay? So so we're very awkward socially because of this, right? So when I, once I started... Once I I took the ayahuasca, you know, it was therapy for me to begin to start the healing process, but to also begin to understand how my body would feel as it felt different emotions. Because I didn't know, I didn't know what sadness was really like. I mean, I lost my best friend back when I was 19, but... You know, I never really allowed myself to grieve and to mourn. And a lot of people suffer from this. Okay, so that experience of the ayahuasca, what it did was, it was a vessel for me to to push myself into difficult areas and to sort of begin the retraining and the re-education process on again all of the things that we were brought into this world knowing and possessing, okay? So when we go on our journey, we don't think in a linear fashion, okay? Because if you really think about it, all we're really doing is reverse engineering ourselves to go back to that almost primeval man that didn't have the baggage, that didn't have the layers of facade over them, right? So we're not advanced beings, okay? For all intensive purposes, we've regressed. But we've regressed to the, the simplest version of ourselves, okay? Which just so happens to be the highest version of ourselves, okay? Um, less is more when it comes to this situation, Right, um, it's very difficult to navigate our society without making choices that box us into certain categories. Right, and and it's the way other people. It makes other people very comfortable in managing us, in dealing with us, because you fit nicely into this box right here. So I'm comfortable. The problem comes when you decide that you want to step outside of that system. When I when I do my psychedelics, I dig deeper into myself and I realize all the wonderful things that are already there. And what happens afterwards is I start noticing that I need less and less of all the bullshit that's around me. And people will look at you and they'll say, there's something wrong with you. You know, there's legit something wrong with you because, you know, you don't go out and drink as much. You don't smoke as much. You know, you don't go shopping as much. You don't hang as much. You don't. And, you know, to be truthful, I, I, you know, I don't regret that part of my life where I spent an extraordinary amount of time shopping, 
going out to fancy restaurants, traveling all over the world. I love that. And I love that I did that. I love that I experienced that. That made me who I was. But that's who I was. Okay? And I'm not that anymore. All right? I've transitioned onto something that benefits me much better. And that's what's difficult for people to understand. They think that you make a conscious choice to discard of them. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's just a significant other. Like, I'm not discarding you. I am searching for self. I'm discarding these elements of me that aren't really me. Like, this is part of the, the, the costume. This was my costume that I wore for a very long time. You know, and we've all, we all have these costumes that we put on. We play dress up all the time. Okay. And again, it, it, it gets us up into a certain point until we get to the point where we want to embark on these journeys and, and we start coming to the realization that this isn't what life for us is really all about. And we make the changes. You know, that was, that was my first experience. My, my first ayahuasca experience, you know, after uh, I purged and went back down into my body and, and um, I started realizing right away that there was other things that that I had other attributes that I had no idea that I had. And one of them was mediumship. Okay, like I didn't know that I was a channel. Right? I didn't I don't have stories from when I was young about seeing ghosts. Okay, that's not me. I never saw ghosts. I never heard things. I never had ghosts talking to me about wanting to to step inside of me to communicate with someone okay but that night i had my first experience with ghosts and the first ghost that i experienced was the ghost of my wife's grandfather my wife's grandfather came to me while i was on ayahuasca and asked me to step inside of me Okay, and, you know, my wife was there with me. She was on the journey with me. And, you know, I was worried about letting this this spirit come inside me. I didn't, I didn't trust him, but I looked over to my guides, to my angels, and they nodded their head because they were there in the room with me. And I, I said, okay, you know, and, and boop, he went right inside me. And I felt him go in. It was like this wave Right, and there's this dizziness and there's this lightheadedness that happens, right? And the first thing that he wanted to do is he wanted to stand up and he wanted to walk over to my wife, okay? And he wanted to sit next to my wife. And I, I go and I sit down, I, I follow along. I'm it's basically I'm the on the outside looking in, and I sit down next to her and I immediately start sobbing, but it's not really me that's sobbing. It's him that's sobbing. He's sobbing through me. And, he, and I'm holding her. I'm caressing her. The same way a grandfather would hold and caress their granddaughter. Okay, he died pretty early in her life. And there was a lot of things that he wanted to say and, and do with her that he didn't get to do. And he wanted to apologize to her for not being there. And we were able to do that. After, you know, a while went by, I stood up 
And I walked back over to the couch and I laid down and the spirit left. That was my first experience with the medium. Okay, I laid down. Okay, next thing I know, I'm surrounded by all of these same energies that I had met in the uppermost part of my journey. Okay, up in that beautiful, perfect place. Uh, and now they were surrounding me in the room. And what I felt immediately was that I wasn't in the room anymore. I was on a table somewhere. Okay. And I freaked out for a second because I watched a lot of X-Files when I was young. <laughs> and obviously, that's the first thing that people think about when they, they, you know, you're on a table and there's, you know, questionable energies around you. You think you're being abducted. All right. So I was laying on my back and... You know, one of them came over, put their hand on me, like, just relax, just relax, just stay still, Joe, right? And immediately I just relaxed, I laid down, my head went back, my body was straight, and I was breathing heavily. One of them comes over to me and reaches over to my head and to my face and begins to start pulling my face apart, or that's what it felt like. So my face had had started to feel like it was more of like a box shape and he was going in and he was basically taking my face apart as though it were cubes, like one cube at a time, right? So he started up at my head, all right, pulled it apart and I could feel this happening and I'm just letting it happen. And I'm like, holy shit, this is really happening. All right, the energy comes out, he sticks his hand directly in the middle of my head and I start feeling his hand and I start feeling some shaking, some vibrating and I see this crazy light go off, this intense yellowish, whitish light. It just starts pulsating and it's brilliant. Once that subsides, it starts coming down a bit He goes, puts my face back together, and then goes down the rest of my body and proceeds to do the same thing, right? And I had no idea what the hell he was doing, but I think if anybody, you know, has read about chakras, you kind of know where this is going. Um, So after he finished that, they go and they step to the side, right? And I go from feeling like I'm on a table to now I'm back on the couch, I'm on the couch. Now, this is when the fun starts. This is when I start hearing these people speaking to me. Okay, it's almost like they put on a a headset, like, you know, AirPods or something. And now I feel like I could communicate with them and I can actually hear them speak. They were speaking through me. And they began to speak through me to the shaman. They had messages for the shaman. So imagine that, you know, like I felt like a dick because, you know, like the shaman's supposed to be the facilitator. The shaman is supposed to be the one directing traffic, you know, whether, you know, making sure that there's these energies and that they're they're not getting in the way. Um, and I'm over here almost directing the director, 
So, but it's not, again, it, it wasn't me. It's me transmitting this information to the shaman. And it was important stuff because it was his like first real, real uh, journey. Okay, it was like his first one. He he's he's assist. He had assisted on many before, and that was like the first time. So these energies were giving him feedback through me, and it was wild. You know, they gave him constructive feedback, and there's you know there's always the end of the of the ceremony. You know. Um, at the end of our ceremony, you know, what they would say is, you know, the, the candles, the lights are going to go on, the candles are going to go out, and we're just going to dim the lights a little bit. And that's how you know the ceremony is going to be over, right? Um, so at that point, you know, most people are like moved on and they're, and they're done with their experience. Me, I was still in it. I was still knee deep in it. And I felt like I felt like I was there, but I was also somewhere else. And I had these energies and they were talking to me and they were telling me to say things. And it was things that made sense. And it was things that didn't really associate what was happening in the room. Some of it was current events. And it was almost like, hey, guys, like this is information that you guys need to know. Right. And it was just like diary of the mouth. You know, and it just kept on and it was nothing malicious. Everything was with love. But, you know, it just came from this other place. I remember feeling that vividly. Like this isn't from here. This isn't from me. But again, it is me. You know, sort of that duality. But it's not you, but it's you. Because it's coming from these energies that are basically had they've been following you around since you came into existence, even before you came into existence, they were there, right? So that was in a nutshell my first experience, and you know it has always been difficult speaking. It took me a very long time, you know. I went on a a podcast speaking about that, and you know it was the first time I had spoken about it publicly in in since you know about two and a half almost three years so you know i've gotten to the point where i've gotten better describing what happened but it's still very difficult to explain you know uh, because i'm still drawing on feelings on things that happened that really don't have an english word to describe it okay and there's tons of other things that happened uh but you know what what I really got out of that was that it was my anger that was holding me back, okay? That that red demon that I saw, that that was my anger, my anger. That anger that was getting me into a lot of trouble, right? I mean, I, I had been arrested. I had been thrown in jail. Um, you know, I had been sued because of it, you know, and... I was on the verge of of losing everything, largely in part because of this this demon, this anger, right? So part of my work was to really, really try to work on that and really try to get in touch with other aspects of myself, okay? 
Um, and that's part of the search. That's part of the journey, journeying into yourself, because you need to understand that that's already there. Okay, there's already this part of you that can express sadness. There's an important. There's a part of you that could that could express, uh, you know, melancholy and and, you know, and and you have just been basically focused on two notes of the song, which are just happiness and anger. So it's in there. You just have to dig for it. Okay. Now, after that, after my experience, the difficult part was not the purging. It was the reassimilating back into society. So if you go through these experiences, it seems like the greater, more profound, impactful experience you have um, it's actually a lot more difficult for for you to reassimilate back in. So you know what I one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing now when I speak about psychedelics, when I talk about helping guiding people through these situations and the aftermath, um, I didn't really I didn't really have any of that when I was coming down from my ayahuasca journey. Okay, I didn't have any of that. You know, and I basically had to figure a lot of this stuff out, um, you know, and again, after that ceremony, that's when things really started happening to me. Okay, so whatever had came inside of me, it felt like it left something inside of me and I couldn't explain what it was. I didn't know what it was, but now I felt like there was something taking up space inside of me that I didn't have there prior to that ceremony. Okay, so... It all happened. It all started when I was watching TV, maybe a few nights later. Okay. And I started noticing that I got this massive tightness around my jaw. I started noticing that I'm getting this really gripping tightness and almost like vibration that's going inside the back of my throat. And I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, like I thought I was having a heart attack. Okay. I discarded it as nothing few days later, I start noticing my head is beginning to move around, okay, involuntarily. I feel like there's this strong pull going in each direction. So my head is like bopping side to side. You know, if you saw me, you thought I would have like a nervous tick or something, okay? And again, I discarded that. I, I was freaking out. I thought I was possessed, And it turns out that, you know, I had things, whatever that was inside of me had activated uh, a part of me, had activated my soul, right? And this is what I learned just from a lot of, from being self-taught, okay, going through this, doing the literature, right, doing the research, but also digging into myself understanding that we all come into this existence with the soul attached to our soul okay and then after a while we lose our relationship with that soul okay we know it's there we just don't do anything to feed that relationship because everything is so externalized the way that we communicate with our soul is through things like meditation okay is through things like introspection okay and when you have when you have very difficult time doing that then you don't have the communication with your soul with your highest self okay so what happened to me was is that i 
had inadvertently cleared off the the things that needed to get cleared off and I was basically introduced by these energies to my soul. So now it's like I have this soul and the way you look at a soul that that is very young, you look at it the same way you look at a puppy, right? When you look at the puppy, you know, obviously they're new to the world, right? The their mannerisms, the way that they walk, you know, the flailing limbs, the the the, the wagging tail, the head bopping. Some of them they look like they're so small that they could barely hold their head up. Okay, that is a really good analogy for an activated soul. Okay, your soul is 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 basically a baby. Okay, you haven't fed it. You haven't fed it. You haven't communicated with it, okay? And that's when I started learning that there's a give and take relationship between you and your soul. Like your soul is the highest potential version of you, but that doesn't mean it knows a lot more than you do about this world, okay? This world is still foreign to it. You're, edu- you're going to educate your soul on this and your your soul in turn is going to educate you on the best qualities of you and also connect you with the ether okay what i like to call is basically behind the scenes right so when you really when you go into your psychedelics and i I'm, I'm going to get into eventually maybe not today but eventually my mushroom experience okay i'll get into that as a matter of fact when I went on my mushroom experience, what, what everything that I wasn't able to see in my ayahuasca experience, it brought everything into plain sight for me. Okay, so I, I did psilocybin mushrooms as my next experience, my next part of my journey. And same shaman, right? And what I learned almost immediately was a lot of the movements that I was doing because I would have flailing limbs, you know, very similar to the dog, the, to the baby dog. And I would have my, my body would sometimes be turned in different directions. I looked up a lot of that stuff. I couldn't find it. Um, you know, I looked up mudras, which are different hand positions that open up certain aspects of, of, our, of our chakras and, and you know, uh, attempt to align our chi, our align our energy levels, uh, but none of none of none of the doc, none of the information, the research that I looked at, was was uh, giving me any sort of feedback on what I was experiencing, and even when I would bring it up to the shaman and to some of the other people that I feel like are, are more spiritually inclined, they never really had an answer for me. Okay, and this is this is what what contributes to. The loneliness of of a person post their their early journeys is having to experience a lot of this and understanding that what's happening to you isn't happening to anybody else for the very reason that this is your journey and your experience. Okay, so what's happening to them might be different. What's happening to you is different and it's not any less. It's not any more it's it's what's for you it's a gift for you and you just don't see that yet so after tons of work a lot of meditation because now i can somehow meditate 
right? And because now I'm getting the feedback from this energy that this energy is present. So it's almost like there's another person in the room, okay, who's sort of sort of there overseeing what's happening to me. And it's it's a weird feeling because you know, you 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 don't necessarily want to think that you're crazy, right? You can't really discuss this with anybody around you, but you know that it's there. You know that that energy is just there and it, you can feel it constantly all the time, you know? So initially I try to rid myself of it. Initially I thought I, you know, I was the next exorcist and my head was going to start spinning at some point. But after I came down from that that sort of fear, I began to work with it because now I, I understood that it wasn't going anywhere. So it was in my best interest to start cultivating this relationship that I have with this energy, right? And it's it was through a lot of the meditative work where I started to notice that, you know, I can do things like, you know, I can... I could basically do what they call spirit writing or auto auto writing. So and that's just basically being a medium and just, you know, grabbing a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil or a marker or a paintbrush and whatever energy is you're connected with is basically going to help you or guide you to writing down or drawing some form of art. I can do it. And I've been practicing it for the past year. Um, that's one thing. Being able to heal myself, right? I, you know, knock on wood, I, I don't get sick, which is really important when you're going through a pandemic. <laughs> you know, it was very difficult for a lot of, for me to explain that to a lot of people. You know, like I, I've, I've healed myself a few times since that since my ceremonies and we all have these abilities and we've all you know we've all stuffed them down into into the depths of ourselves you know we we removed ourselves as as that as even an option for us you know because again we're externalizing everything there's no way that we could possibly know more than a doctor okay but again I'm not here to disrespect or say anything negative about Western medicine. I'm just telling you that this is my situation, okay? And what wound up happening too is that I started integrating a lot of a lot of my auto movement into my therapeutic setting. And you know, it seems like one of the energies that that follows me around is more of like this cosmic doctor, right? And the job of this cosmic doctor is to heal. This is the same cosmic doctor that connects with every healer, right? And it's almost like, not to take anything away from anybody's skill set, but when you connect with this individual, with this energy, and you connect with the energy of healing. Okay, we are nothing but mediums. We are pulling in energy 
right, from the ether, it, it goes through us and into whatever we do. That's what we are. Our brains are receivers for energy. Our mind is a receiver for energy. Okay, and we pull that energy down and we use it for useful things. Okay, so for me, I do a lot of my work with my hands um, on patients and clients utilizing this energy. It's coming down from a source that's, that's you know, far greater than, than you or me with the intention of healing. So, you know, I, I've, I've been able to really get this down to a point where you know, a lot of times I kind of just step aside. It feels like I'm stepping to the side, you know, and, and it's it's a great feeling. It, there's a lot of love associated with it, you know. Um, so, so those are some of the gifts that I have, you know, and I've, I've also began working energetically with people. Um, I, you know, because of the pandemic, I've been able to do uh, some Zoom sessions and I start noticing that you know, I can work with someone and I could basically go into them, step, connect with them, excuse me, I can connect with them on, on a spiritual level from a great distance, right? I could basically put myself in your presence wherever you are, connect with you, and I could feel what you're feeling. I could see where the, the uh, blockages, the energy blockages that you have in your chakras, right? And I could basically... Uh, you know, I can basically figure out what the issues are that are leading to those energy blockages in your body. I haven't perfected it, okay, but I am getting a lot better at it. But it just seems like, you know, there's a scene in The Matrix where Trinity... And Neo are fighting the Agent Smith and they're on the helicopter. They jump on the helicopter and Neo says to Trinity, do you know how to fly this thing? And Trinity looks over to Neo with her shades on, all right, gets the download of how to fly the chopper and responds to Neo, now I do. That's a real fucking thing. Okay? There are things that when you are connected, you can you can tap in to shit like that. Okay? And a, a good example is uh tantra, understanding the sexual energy and what that does to you to you and how that helps you in your journey. Right? There are a number of, of really good people that are out there that are doing great things, uh, teaching men how to basically uh, remove the whole ejaculation from the orgasm to actually achieve orgasm without losing your semen, being able to retain your semen, right? And it sounds crazy because it goes against basically everything, the, the, the way that we've, we've, we've thought about men and sex uh, in our history, right? We associate orgasm with ejaculation, right? But I 
have begun to to work on being able to position myself so that I can learn how to retain my semen and be able to have an orgasm. So the whole idea is understanding what semen is and understanding that there's a lot more to it than just providing uh, uh, the fuel or, or the sperm for reproduction, okay? It, I consider it rocket fuel, right? It's basically, uh, it's not just located in the male's testicles, it's located throughout your body. It's located up your spinal column. We call it cerebrospinal fluid, okay? And that goes all the way up to the head and into our ventricles in, the, in our brain, Okay, why do I need reproductive uh, 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 fluids in my spinal cord and in my brain? Why? All right, as we achieve our Kundalini experience, all right, as that as our energy uh, as it uncoils, right, uh, uh, the serpent uncoils, we get the we're able to transmit this information going up Jacob's ladder, right, and into our mind into our brain activating our higher centers okay and once we're able to do that then we're able to get into some of the higher levels of functioning that human beings are capable of doing right so one of the ways that we're able to do that you know without the need of of psychedelics is understanding uh how sexual energy Okay, can can connect our lower animal uh, uh, self to our higher level self. Okay, and it basically is the bridge. Understanding that the energy that you receive through an orgasm, okay, minus the ejaculation, ejaculation where you're retaining the fluids, where you're retaining the rocket fuel, it allows the transmission of that energy from that energy transfer between you and your partner that allows you to establish the connections that are necessary in order for you to be able to use this energy for something productive like healing yourself okay now there are many individuals throughout history who have mastered this so i'm not the first person that's talking about this it's probably just the first time you've heard it Okay, there are, is, there are individuals like Tesla, individuals like Einstein, individuals like Steve Jobs, right? So we notice anything about these individuals? We notice that they were at the forefront of whatever information they were putting out during their time. Okay, so they chose to, to learn these methods to utilize this, this, uh, these energies to produce, uh, or well, in Tesla's case, you know, obviously he wanted everyone to have free access to electricity. You know, Einstein and all of his theories of relativity, right? And then you have, uh, obviously, Steve Jobs, who who brought in all of this new technology, and and you know, we saw a dramatic uh, leap forward in technology. We you know, we went from being on flip phones, right, in in the late nineteen nineties to being on smartphones uh, in less than 10 years. How does that happen? How does that happen? Right? These guys were privy to different methods, including 
semen retention. Okay, these guys don't just go out to, to these, you know, retreats in India for, for months and years, all right, to just go out there to, to meditate, do yoga, and eat the cuisine. Like, no, these guys know what they're looking for. They have access to books, to literature that we don't have access to, and they understand that those who are able to wield this energy are going to be the ones that are going to make the dramatic changes that need to be made. Now, these can be changes that are more in terms of service for self, okay? So a lot of these individuals are men who, you know, want to accumulate riches, they want to accumulate wealth, right? So that's their intention, okay? And you also have people who want to do this that they're in service for others, Okay, and, and they want nothing better than society and, and, and humanity to be uplifted and taken to the next level. Okay, so this is important stuff. It's stuff that I've been working on. It's stuff that, you know, I'm going to be discussing with future guests. Um, you know, obviously, I, I'd love to hear what people think about this along with psychedelics. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to me over Instagram. Okay. I'm, uh, my handle is go in Joe Vega. Feel free to DM me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be having more information soon on, on these topics of discussion. And, uh, you know, just, I just, I really want people to keep an open mind about things. I want people to really begin to start thinking outside the box and start to ask questions. Okay, what drew me early on in my life was history. After diving deep into esoteric history, what I soon realized that there, there's a lot of information that has been kept from us. And if you dig deep enough, you'll find answers to some questions that we've all been having throughout entire lives. Okay, once I started seeing that, I started realizing that it was important for me to ask questions. Okay, because if you don't ask the right questions, you're never going to get the answers that you want. Right. So this is what catapulted me into this deeper, deeper uh, uh, quest for for knowledge. Right. And I implore you to join me so that we can build our own community where it's safe to ask these questions, where it's safe to to go on journeys. Okay. Um I, I, I love you very much. I wish you nothing but the best. And I look forward to strengthening and cultivating our relationship and our new community. All right. I want you to have a wonderful day. And I want you to think critically and ask questions. Peace.